0: Wait, wait, what? Oh Gordo, what's Johnson away?
1: I'm ready now. <laughs> wait, hold on, I'm not ready. My Johnson's still out. <laughs> or my Johnson's not out yet. <laughs> Whatever you people prefer. Welcome. I just love, oh, that word Johnson. I love Johnson's it. Johnson's
0: a great word. Johnson is probably one of the top five great words to describe that particular organ. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Hey, uh, welcome to episode 120 of the motherfucking podcast. This is, of course, the official podcast of the International Power Rock Combo motherfucking Ruckus from Denver and Chicago, respectively, even though Gordo, on his own, has been on this show more collectively than any of the other members of the band, I would say.
1: Yeah, go to (laughs) grannytweed.com or something, I don't know. <laughs> How you doing, Guard? I'm doing great. My Johnson's doing great. Everything is going great, man. Did you take some painkillers before you got on the show, or or have a few hard seltzers or something? No, 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 <laughs> not not really. No, I've just it's been a hell of a it's been a hell of a a day and a hell of a month, which in in a hell of a year, yep. year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just you know, man, I'm just going with the flow over here. You yeah, know? fortunately, you
0: fortunately, we are not in control, fortunately. Hey, uh, we got a special episode for you guys this time, um, took a little bit off. Uh, because we had a little miscommunication, and I wanted to make sure we got this guest on, because he is awesome, and he's got quite an amazing place and lots of cool stories and lives in a very interesting, weird place here in our home state of Colorado. Uh, Please welcome to the program the uh, founder, owner, proprietor of the Black Monarch Boutique Hotel in Victor, Colorado. Uh, please welcome my old friend, Adam Zimmerly to the podcast.
2: You welcome, doing? Adam. Welcome to the show, Adam. Welcome, Adam. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. I haven't been on the show.
0: Dude, and, I'm excited uh, that, you, um, that you called in on Skype from your phone because you're actually going to give us a tour of the yeah. facility. So yeah. um, tell us, if you could, what what the Black Monarch is for people that don't know. Because I know because um, I've stayed there and it's amazing. But for people who've never been there before and don't, have never heard of it, what is the Black Monarch?
2: Um, the Black Monarch is uh, the Monarch Saloon and Casino building that uh, it was originally built in 1895. It burnt down in 1899 and then was rebuilt on the same foundation. Um, it's at the site of the uh, largest gold strike in North America and also the site of the Colorado labor wars. And I acquired this building about three years ago, and people started to tell us that it was haunted. And so I said, let's just go with that. Let's run with that. And, um, you know, we've kind of taken this real heavy Victorian goth take on this building and um, done it as kind of a haunted theme hotel. And as it turns out, uh, a lot of people do have paranormal experiences here. Um, I guess I would call it haunted at this point. I've definitely had some experiences with it. And I was actually coming outside to give everybody kind of a view of where I'm at. Yeah, uh, sweet. I'm up here at 10,000 feet. And so the building actually it backs up to a... To
0: Hold on, we we lost your signal there. So this
2: behind me. Maybe I need to get closer to the building. You got me now? Yeah, I got you now. But uh, if you look here behind me, I can see these huge chat piles and all this kind of burnout equipment. Let me flip this around. I don't know how to technology. There we go. <laughs> so some of this stuff up here, I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but there's 120-year-old mining equipment back up here that's just abandoned on this hillside. And this hill up here, it's not really a mountain. It's just a pile of gravel that basically came out here and... Uh, broke a whole mountain up by hand and turned it inside and out 120 years ago um, to get all the gold wow. up out of the ground. And so the building, let me show you some of the building from the outside.
0: So wait, so um, that giant that giant mound back there is not like tiny hills, not, like foothills into the no. mountains. That's just piles of what was once a mountain that man Chat.
2: crushed yeah, down. The into for mining. Yeah, is what's shit. back there behind me. And then, let me see if I can do this again. So this is our building right here.
0: Let me know if you lose me. So far, so good. Dude, the paint job out front looks great. You've done a lot since the last time I was there. Yeah, that looks really nice. Yeah, I've been working
2: hard this summer.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, what else are you going to do, right?
2: Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's the goal is to get it 100. So, you know, at this, we're at 10,000 feet here. Give you a shot of the front door. This is always popular.
1: Oh yeah, that looks great. So we've
2: been working pretty hard on her,
1: yeah, and man. Uh, that looks beautiful. People really love it. That's awesome.
2: And uh, you know, we just really have kind of embraced kind of like a lot of '90s alt culture here, you know, and because really that's like, how, you know, as
0: far as the town of Victor has gotten to, in as far as the cultural zeitgeist goes.
2: <laughs> it is still the 1990s in Victor, Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going
0: to it's like going to Eastern Europe and like they're like MC Hammer he is great yeah Tool the dream of the 90s Victor. people
2: love yeah. Tool absolutely
1: <laughs> the dream of the 90s is alive in Victor
2: absolutely I don't know about the dream of the 90s just, just the uh, the aesthetic the of metal the 90s. radio rock of the 90s
1: so I so gotta how much, ask you oh, go, how, go, how ahead, much, go ahead go ahead yeah, I just had one question. How much gold is left in them hills? Well, back the gold
2: mine's still active.
1: And ah. Newmont
2: Mining Corporation actually let me show you. Their offices are right here across the street. Um so Newmont is actually one of the biggest mining there's the sheriffs. Oh, they have yeah, they have lots of police protection out there too. <laughs> you, yeah. you want you know what? They're waiting for the school bus to arrive to drop all the kids off. Oh, yeah, so that these two sheriffs come and escort, they literally follow the school bus from stop to stop.
0: Wow, uh, dude! Yeah, to walk the kids home? What the kids sure are their- on
2: that bus? <laughs> it's just they don't really have anything to do, you know, and they're well equipped, and you know, there's there's some serious trumpers and law and order types out here, and so the they just don't have nothing to do, but. So I mean I guess it kind of, honestly. But the, but the, of the like taxpayers
0: of Victor want want their police to do something. So they're like, I don't know. Follow the school bus around. Make sure the kids are safe. <laughs> Make sure the
2: kids are safe. You know? So wow. you, I'll I'll tell you, with a small community like this, the thing is is that the police uh know everybody so there is a lot more accountability right it's like if they do get you know out of hand yeah with somebody, somebody's like well i'm gonna call your grandma
0: right 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 <laughs> who, yeah. who beat yeah.
2: you up billy johnson
0: you know and not and not oh, to not to too. go on a tangent but that's like that's one of the, the big arguments right now right is like yeah is you know when the cops are in and of the community and they're policing their own community. It's like everybody knows each
1: other, and it and it well, makes everybody more accountable. There's no question that they're policing their own community. There's no question. They're, right. I mean, unless they're driving in from Denver every day, I, I doubt that. Right. There's 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 no question. They used to yeah, have yeah. Um,
0: when I was well, a kid.
2: Oh, our... no, go ahead. Oh, as all of our deputies up here. I'm absolutely sure they live in the county. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, I would go. I would go as far as to say that there's probably some. Denver police that live
0: up here. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, they had the residency rule in effect, which was basically if you were an employee of the city and county of Denver, you had to live in the city and county of Denver. So I grew up in a development that was the furthest southwest you could possibly get and still technically be in the Denver city and county limits because my dad was a Denver police officer for, oh, really? like, like dude from the, from the 70s on. Like, nine, he was, had a 79 badge number, so he was, he was a cop for a long time. And so the area that we lived in, the real estate, the realtors, like, jokingly referred to it as the Blue Ghetto because it was all – cops and firefighters and other civilian city of Denver employees and I remember when they dropped the residency rule and there was just this massive flight to Douglas County and the surrounding counties. Arvada. Oh yeah 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 everybody just <laughs> there was this mass ex- I mean we stayed but there was this mass exodus of people who like bailed out of the neighborhood. Anyway little, little aside little tangent just you know about cops in their communities and stuff like that. It's interesting. That's so funny that they
1: follow him home like that. Yeah. But um no, I mean that's exactly that's a good thing adorable. to do. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, honestly. That's that's you know, like you said, if they're not if they don't have their uh, you know they don't if they have their resources freed up where they can do stuff like that, why not? Right. You know, like why not do that?
2: Why not? I think that's a I think that's not a horrible priority for them to keep an eye on. Them. Kids get dropped off so no no no
0: okay. it, no it, it, it could certainly be a hundred million times worse and I think we all know that no. <laughs> um, yeah the
1: candy man won't get them.
0: And the candyman will not get them
2: the candy man is not gonna get them
0: not even around Halloween um, so I got okay so before we really start go looking around the building, this is something that we may have talked about when I went up there and played, but there was a lot of things going on, and, yeah. and it might have just slipped out of my brain. But, but it, I also want to get it on record here on the podcast. What possesses someone to go to the middle of nowhere? Because Victor is the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah, like, it's, it yeah. like you guys are near Cave of the Winds, right?
2: Uh, King of the Winds is on the way. Uh, The cliff dwellings, Manitou Cliff Dwellings is up here. Garden of the Gods is near here. Um, This is the backside of Pikes Peak. Um, You know, there's multiple uh, dinosaur-oriented tourist stuff. There's a dinosaur museum up here. Uh, There's fluorescent national fossil beds. There's there's world-class fly fishing. Um, a lot of hunting. About three quarters of the county is either a national park.
0: See, I or, knew this was going to uh, be good. Dude.
2: <laughs> I like
0: that, yeah. dude. I I knew this was. I knew this is how it was going to go. Like I remember when we went up there and stayed, and we played. Like you were just like this. You were just this recording of. Of Victor history and like the ghost side yeah. of it and the mining history and like like everything like the the civics of the town it's pretty phenomenal so so it's again wild. my, my question yeah 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 what what so, inspired you to do this
2: I I for me like I just love for me one of the things like when I like ran away from my parents house you know and moved to Denver when I was 16 years old you know I um, You know, moving into Capitol Hill and moving into the highlands like what really made it attractive for me is just the architecture and like the age of it and walking around in those neighborhoods and seeing houses that were kept up and ones that weren't kept up. And I just remember just being a teenager and just walking around and just looking at houses in Capitol Hill, you know, Um, and it's just fascinating if you grew up your whole life in the suburbs, you know. Right, And so I really came to just really love historic buildings, particularly late 1880s, 1890s in Colorado. Right. Um, it's a lot of beautiful stuff. Era. It's, it's very specific, you know, like most of Five Points and Cap Hill and like all those neighborhoods were built in that time. All
0: that Victorian like stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so I've always kind of wanted to own one of those buildings, but I just kind of missed my window to get one for an achieve because a, a real commercial building with the zoning and everything in Denver. Now you're just not getting into one for less than $2 million. Oh, it's insane. Just, you know, yeah.
0: something like the Croke Patterson mansion or something like that is just like, it's such an insanely expensive building.
2: Yeah, what do they even ask for that? You know, and then if you actually have zoning to where it's it's you could actually have a business inside of it, I mean you can't even touch it now in Denver. So um I you know, I, I know you, Aaron, from what well, I used to work in the music industry when I was at vendors. Right. And, you know, I worked in the music industry for a while and I mean I think we all know how tough that can be to like get paid. And I just not really just to
0: get paid, but it, it wears on you spiritually and psychologically over time. Yeah. yeah to get to anything of value. Now,
2: <laughs> I just hit a point where I just was like, I had roommates that like kicked me out. I was like homeless, you know? And I was like, I just can't do this to myself anymore. And so I just started picking up odd odd jobs, odd construction jobs. And I was lucky enough, started to do an apprenticeship under a guy who does amazing, really expensive Restoration work pretty much exclusively in uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Park Hill, you know, and Cherry yeah, yeah. Hills and stuff like that. And it's like $150,000 to buy a kitchen from this guy, kind of a deal,
0: right? Right? And
2: he was really meticulous and detailed oriented. And we went, we never went fast, and uh, we just really took our time and did stuff right. And so, that's I learned a lot from working with him, and then um. You know, around 2012. You know, I was I also got in the marijuana business for a while. It was growing and selling, and so right you know, as the market for weed started to go down, the real estate market was going up. Because you know, at one point, a pound of weed was like four thousand dollars a pound. Right. You know, and right. it went, I'm guessing it's probably down around like fifteen hundred now. You know, I, I wouldn't know it anymore.
0: But yeah, I uh, don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, I really don't know. I get all my pot for free, so
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sponsored by uh Universal herbs. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, right
2: and out everybody, Universal herbs. But, um, <laughs> but, uh,
0: I mean this does, this does come from a, a TV a studio for a weed TV show, like this podcast. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: what what is the weed TV show?
0: Uh, the Nug Nation. Have you seen it?
2: Oh uh, No, I've never seen
0: that. Oh, yeah. Check it out. TheNugNation.com, sponsor of the show. Burn TV. Shout out to Burn TV. Love you. Thank you. That's awesome.
1: That was a great yeah. tie-in. That was great. That was great tie-in. That was perfect. We could
2: talk about weed all day. Uh,
0: so so you were you, you got into the weed business for a while, yeah, like a lot of us did in one degree or another.
2: And then at one point, I started looking for land. I had this zany idea I was going to get some land and throw a Connex up on it to grow in. And then that never... It just ended turned into me just buying land. And so then I was around 2011 and 12 and 13. Uh, you know, I had some extra cash from from endeavors and work and stuff. And so uh I started to buy some land up here in Teller County. And it was just like raw land. I was like, Oh, I'm gonna build a cabin on it one day or it'll go up in value just kind of as an investment. And then I built my first cabin up here. I was building the cabin and then I had to come over into Cripple Creek. Because uh, that's where the county seat is for some paperwork, and then one day, I don't, have you if you've been to Cripple Creek other than that time you were up here? Have you guys ever spent time in Cripple Creek?
0: I I mean, probably at some point when I was a kid, but I have not recently, with the exception well, of coming up to see you. Been up and around. Right, Cri-
2: they have Cripple Creek. they have gaming there in Cripple Creek now, and that's been all done over, and that's all these multi. They you know, took the historic buildings and turned them into these multi million dollar uh, casino facilities. Um. So, yeah, so I was coming back from Cribble Creek and I said, What's Victor? I've seen it on the map a bunch of times. So, I had already been owning land up here for maybe four years uh, near Victor, but and mm-hmm. I just had never had a reason to come through Victor, to go to Victor. And I came into town and I was just immediately blown away because there's just all, there was, you know, the city housed 18,000 people in 1899, and there's only about 400 people that live here full time now. What? And so there, wow. Yeah, Wow. So it was just like this abandoned city. It was like a, not a ghost town, but a ghost city, like this Wild West, and not like a cheap Wild West, like clapboard. Like, let me show you out my window here. I mean, like this, was all, like, this was a was hot
0: spot. Like, this was a hot spot in the Gold and Rush. I
2: really kind of found out later that this was almost like the Vegas of the Wild West, where all these buildings up and down here were built as saloons and casinos. And brothels, and you can see they're you know really detailed brick buildings, uh, you know yeah. these aren't cheap structures, you know. So immediately I was just blown away, and I came into uh, a diner in town and had a bowl of green chili and a milkshake, and it was across the street from here. And I sat and I just looked out the window, and I saw a sign in the window for sale by owner, and I was like what do they they've got to want two million dollars for this building and so i called the owner was a bank and they wanted 195k for the building and Holy they were shit. willing to find financing they said wow. we can find financing what so i got my first showing of the building about a week after that and i it ended up, the person that came to show me with me showed to me was one of the officers from the bank. I was on the board, and then he was retired from commercial construction and concrete. I lo- know a lot about uh, concrete forming and how you reinforce buildings like this and redo the foundation and stuff. And so I immediately started to talk to him about that. He was really impressed that I knew, you know, I just basically he just knew right away I wasn't full of shit. I knew what was I was undertaking with this building and all the challenges and. You know, what the mechanical issues were gonna be, and so I really I had at that point I had my chops, you know, together to really do a project like this. And right. so I pretty much went from the first showing of the building into a meeting with the president of that bank, and I pretty much made a handshake deal with the uh, this uh board officer, uh Chuck and uh, uh Tony. Tony from the bank, Tony president <laughs> Tony from of the bank, the bank. bank. His last name. <laughs> And uh, it took some months to hammer out all the details, but um, they gave me this amazing deal on the building, and and they've actually ended up in the end giving me a huge concession on the sale price. I actually ended up getting the building for 153k, and then they gave me another wow. 150k loan uh, in the end to do this next. I I did a phase for about 80 to 100k cash. I had. And now they've given me another 150 k now to do the windows and paint the exterior, um, you know, build more bathrooms, insulate. I'm building a laundry facility here. So it's going to be a lot more sustainable also. And then uh, I'm not carrying any high-interest debt on it at all. And, Holy um,
0: shit, dude. Uh,
2: oh, like, I got the, like, the whole world. Dude, it's a me. gold it's mine. It's like, it was of a of gold mine. It's like a gold mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm not quite at goldmine level yet but I'm I'm um, the the business with just the four rooms open is very sustainable right now. I'm having no problem making the payment at all right now and then when I open the next set of three rooms I should be hitting some pretty solid profits.
0: So just and... to give some people just to give the people who are who are watching and listening some c- context because yeah. it's like everything you're saying is pretty in- it, like it sounds insane. But when you drive into Victor, like, I remember being like, there's nothing here. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what, what it, like, like, it is like. There is all sorts of old mining structures and equipment and timber and like rotting like rotting old structures out around yeah. the the perimeter. You know, it's there's a lot of like there's a lot of overgrowth and kind of like right outside of town there's a lot of yeah. you know overgrowth.
2: Rusty cars and old rusty right. equipment abandoned and and not like from the fifties, but from like the 1890s equipment, right, right, around. that has just
0: been there forever, and so yeah. like, so they were probably pretty stoked on the idea of anybody coming in with an idea, and and trying to
2: some put something into a fan. it. <laughs> it was a little too metal, a little bit too satanic for them, you know. There, <laughs> you get your heart Did you get Christians protested? Stuff. Did you get protested? I, what's that? Did you get protested? I didn't get well, uh, You know, they won't say anything to your face. Uh, well, no, I, I have been... There was pushback. By, I, have, I got heckled by an old lady this year from across <laughs> the street. I had a 75-year-old woman yell at me from across the street for painting my own building black. And she's, it looks terrible. You're a terrible person for doing this. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, that
1: that's uh, that reminds me of what my folks did in Garfield, Kansas, which is a town of about, probably about the same size, like 400 people. They turned an old dairy queen into an organic foods market, and I think they probably got the same response you did. Were, people were like, what the fuck is this? You know, so... You know, I, you probably are you're probably facing not as much opposition, I would say, as, uh, as they did.
2: Not you <laughs> know, like. clean, so I, I did something here that it had it really had to be done. Uh, and It was difficult process to go through. And unfortunately, the, I actually, well, I'd say the process wasn't completed, but there was a thing that had been painted on the wall here of the building. Which was all the names of the vets from World War II here. Oh, in, wow. in that area. Oh, wow. And so, but it was really, really problematic. I don't know if you saw, we put that awning on the exterior of the building because it was directly over the open, like, pit entrance to the basement, the stairs. And so every time it snows or rains, the basement is like flooding, and it's been doing that for a hundred years here. And so the building's in pretty good shape, but it just—it's got to stop. Has right. to stop. We've got to have it dry in the basement. It's really important. And so I'm like, guys, I just got to build this awning here. And so people up here in these small mountain towns, they tend to kind of live in their own world, and it's kind of like a bubble. And so I went to City Council. and I said, "Guys, this something has to happen with this thing." And everybody on City Council, the attitude was, "I don't want to say they, I don't want to say they didn't say they didn't care, but it was like a laissez-faire attitude. Do what you need to do, figure it out, hold some meetings, and then I put posters up all over town, save the wall." And I mean, I probably spent a whole year trying to let people know that I was going to paint over this thing. That we needed to have a discussion about where it was going to be moved to in town, the memorial, uh, what it was going to cost to move the mor- memorial, why it should not be in paint, but it should be engraved in metal or stone. Right. Because that's what, you know, a headstone, you know, it's, it's just how you do those kind of things. Right. Yeah. Um, did everything in my power to begin the process. And I, at one point had a plan to do all the names on metal plaques and hang it in this one park. And I was pretty much ready to find all the funding for it. And some people in town intervened and said that they wanted to be into one guy. Oh, my grandfather's name's on it. I want to be in charge of it. I want to do something even bigger. And I want to raise more money for it. And I finally was like, okay, that's fine, but I'm going to pay on this date. Right. I have to paint this summer. I have to build this awning this summer because I can't go one more year with water coming to the basement. And just despite doing going to meetings and holding multiple meetings and everything, I mean, there were some people that just shit their pants. I'm
0: once sure. Once it
2: happened. You know, and just, I, there's, you know, I mean, there's so many reasons why it couldn't be there anymore. It shouldn't be on a private building. Something like that. It well, should
0: be, and if it's painted, it owned. it it really ought to be engraved, like you said.
2: Yeah, especially especially
0: guess, like a war memorial so, sort of thing, like a like a veterans memorial sort of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. You do that in stone, or you do it in metal. And I guess somebody had painted something there, maybe in the early fifties, and then nobody touched it, and it was just gone until somebody redid it in maybe like two thousand three. Or something like that. And so it had been done in probably some of it was interior paint, you know. It had been done with, like, house paint. It wasn't, like, acrylic or oil or anything like that. And so it was just flaking away and chipping. And it really, you know, I mean, it needed to be redone. And it's just something that should just be in the public domain, I think. I think everybody should own it or the city should own it. I should own it. A private person should own it. Yeah, so you shouldn't be you real, shouldn't
0: be responsible for it as like being the private uh, property owner.
2: Every five, you know, it's going to cost me money every year, and it's just a lot to ask of one person. You know, I think, mm-hmm. and the family members, I think too, should it, when it every time it gets repainted, it's going to be redone. You know, I mean, or whatever. You know, I think people who are. Related to it, it, this is my grandfather. This is my great grandfather on here. It should, it should be in their domain. And it, the thing is, is all those people came out and got involved. And the people who were most upset, you know, because they comment online and I got some hate mail and everything. And I look take a look at who these people are. And some of the people that had the nastiest comments weren't even from the community. Were people that had moved here like ten years ago, right? And so had no real family tie. To this thing at all that's how and it tends to, to go the whole, the I mean whole that's truck. how
0: it tends to go the people who get the most pissed off in almost any fight are generally not the people who the fight's even fucking about yeah. you know <laughs> that just it, I mean, it's true like the people who tend to yell the loudest tend to just want to be heard in the conversation they just want to yell shit
2: yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah, so, yeah I definitely had. We had a couple, couple of people just, I mean, go get on our Facebook and comment every single post. And like, wow!
0: Whoa, whoa! Have you have you? So do you feel like you've integrated into the the community now? Do you feel like that's died down and like it's like?
2: Yeah, uh, we have, you know, I mean, it, times are divisive right now. You know what I mean? Times are really, really divisive right now. And when you get out to these rural communities, this this is where the hardcore Trump supporters are.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know? And uh, I think some people come out here because they are kind of hiding from the world. And so right. people who maybe have, you know, a bohawk or something represent the outside world to them.
0: Right. So, so you're exactly. kind of seen as an invader in, in some ways, uh, this, do you think? To
2: some people, to some people, you know, but I mean, to others, they're really happy to have us here. And, uh, you know, this is what it comes down to, Aaron, is the people in town who are doing something, who have well-maintained bu- buildings, who have an active business, who are on city council, who... Who want to
0: see the town thrive.
2: And who are doers themselves. Right. And put effort themse- will put out effort themselves are all for it and are pleasant and good job and you know thank you for bringing so many new people to town new customers to town Uh, they recognize that part of my motivation to make it black monarch is i didn't want to compete with the other existing businesses because there are you know a couple hotels up here a couple restaurants you know this was becoming black monarch was like a, a vehicle to bring in all new customers that had never been to victor before and have become regulars and and all that and the others. So right, um, they recognize it. It's just there's there's people in this world who want to keep America great, you know, and that means that in their minds that we could somehow go back to the fifties or something, and that would somehow be better. Even though the fifties was 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 great for a very specific and relatively small group of people
0: <laughs> right right right
2: right you know right so i mean it's just it's there's no you know i mean whatever i mean they don't want me here but they're also climate change deniers you know so right 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 at this point i actually have you know what it feels like um uh, it feels like i'm kevin bacon and footloose <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's what i could you know it's just like and i'm just i just want to dance everybody no you you know know, but but, he's the devil
0: i mean at the same time i think and this is just something that i've been trying to work on lately in my own like practice of trying to be a human being you know yeah i just so i just finished this book um how to Have Impossible Conversations by James Lindsay and Peter Bagosian. And it's it's basically just a manual for how to sit and talk with people. And I was very surprised that it wasn't a book on how to win arguments. You know, it was a book on on how to listen to people listen an to pe- actor? say what? is Peter Begojian? I think you're thinking of um Eric Begojian. Eric Bogosian. Eric Baga-
1: okay, okay. B- yeah, the the actor and um playwright. But that's his brother <laughs> and he was actually in World War II.
2: Gol <laughs> coming around. Sorry,
1: I didn't want to bring that up, but
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> Any old hoot. Uh so I was reading this I was reading this book and uh and And I was surprised that it wasn't it wasn't a, a guide on how to win arguments, and it wasn't a guide on how to like necessarily convince people of another side. It was more about learning to have productive conversations in order to understand someone's like epistemology, like how they come into the knowledge that they possess and how they come to their belief systems and whatnot. It was a very surprising book because I mean the whole like, it does it in degrees of difficulty, so it's it's presented sequentially, so basically like the very beginning of the book is all super basics, like just listening and rapport, you know, things like that, like just learning to like, to listen to people, and yep. one of the things that I took away from that and, and started to kind of, like, in thinking about that and in thinking about, like, old people, you know... They just knew the world a certain way, and a lot happens... Yes, we did. Yes, we did. (laughs) Well, and a lot happens within a brief human (laughs) lifetime, and people want things to be the way they were when they felt like they understood the world in some way. You know what I mean? And at the rate which... Human thought and computing power and society is changing all the time. I think when we are in our 60s and 70s, we're probably going to be kind of annoyed and confused and scared about some of the things that the generations below us are doing too. Yeah.
1: By you know then, I mean? I'm going to be living in Victor because I want to be where the 90s are. All the time. 90s. But by then... If if that's what it's like, then that's that's, that's what I want to do. But
0: by then it it won't be the 90s anymore, Gordo. By then it'll be the 20s. (laughs) Oh. See, by the time you're old and you move out there, by the time you're in your 70s, it'll be... Yeah, it'll
1: be the 2010s or 2020s. Oh, yeah, I see. So, so you're saying that it incrementally it just increases, but it's just behind. It slides. It's, it's not, like my it's dad's not, taste it's not stuck in music. There, it's just.
0: <laughs> it's like my dad's taste in music. It like it slides, but is consistently thirty years behind
1: at all times. I, I gotcha. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to get it now. I get it. So, so um,
0: I want to start learning a little bit about the hotel. Now that we've kind of talked
2: about well, your experience, more, I got one more anecdote for you. Oh yes, we were, please. We were, we were we we touched on the uh, uh, how I feel like I'm in Footloose, you know. Right, and right. So right. I had heard this thing kind of through the wayside. You know, these small towns are like real rumor mills.
0: Oh yeah, you know? super gossipy. And
2: nothing to do with but gossip. And then the story changes as it goes from hand to hand to hand. And so one of these rooms in here, room number one, I built this thing, and it's a king-size bed, and I'm going to show it to you guys. Oh, That's I know it. this bed. It's a swing. You saw this before? Yeah,
0: this is where Logan and Becky stayed when we were up there.
2: <laughs> and so...
0: Yes. It's uh, so cool,
2: and it's super you comfortable. Know, we do get, you know, I mean, girls coming up here doing content for their OnlyFans or whatever, and... You know, sometimes they like to hang out in the windows with maybe not enough clothes on. It happens. I don't condone it, but it happens, you know. And right. so, I, you know, and I've had people joke, oh, we had to, there's been so many naked women in your window. We raised the rates for our rooms, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's there was great.
1: <laughs>
2: there's a Baptist church in town, and I heard that there was a sermon that we have a sex club here with a sex swing. It should not be, <laughs> what? You should, temptation has come to Victor. <laughs> don't be, don't be tempted to go to that Black Monarch and take a ride in that sex swing.
0: So, like when, the, when I saw it, like when
1: I was there, I just thought may it be was. This
2: a rumor. I just heard this third hand,
1: but I heard the dream of the sur- devil is alive in, in Victor, yeah. Apparently. <laughs>
0: the dream of <laughs> sin and decadence and the corruption of our youth <laughs> the nightmare of the 90s is alive and victor
2: <laughs> oh. yeah so good 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 stuff good yeah stuff. i mean when when i was there
0: i just thought i just thought it was a pretty brilliant like niche niche boutique hotel it's like it's like oh like Weirdos like us and like goth kids and punk rockers and you know serial killer enthusiasts and steampunk dorks and you know think that our generation who likes stuff like that is starting to get to the age where they're vacationing with their sweethearts and you know going on road trips and yeah some of
2: them even have adult kids now
0: yeah some of them even have adult kids and they're you know they're going. They want vacations to match their lifestyle. You know, they have more disposable income, and they want stuff for their Instagram fucking feed. So I was just like, it's brilliant. This is, like, a perfect place for for people to to go hang out. And, like, I didn't get the sense at all that you had any, like, Intentions rooted in dark magic, or like like pushing some sort of like evil satanic agenda on anyone. Like to me, it seemed like it just seemed like the uh, the the AAA travel guide of the future. It's like you're trying to get that star on the map on the bottom of yeah. a. Uh,
1: the, well, the, and I, the I can see, I can see how that might be kind of confusing to somebody in a small town or somebody with kind of, you know, new ideas comes in and is just wanting to run a business like you're doing. Like, right. I mean, you know, maybe it seems threatening, you know, but, right. but, uh, you know, in the long run, it's, it's a really great business model. That place looks fucking great.
0: Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah. You know, and they're ultimately going to benefit from it too. Well,
2: right, Exactly. You know, and it's 100% designed, uh, the concept. When I came in, I just said, look, if I'm going to, you know, these people have their little boarding rooms up here and a hotel and restaurant. And if I start directly competing with them, it's just, it's going to hurt them. It's going to be tougher for me. If I do a straight ahead deal, I've really got to do an attraction. And then, you know, one of the other things that got me, you know, the cliff dwellings, the Native American, cliff dwellings that are up here uh, yeah. on the way to, so that's a gaff. A lot of people think that that's real, and if you go there, they'll tell you it's real. It is not. There was some sort of cliff dwelling that was there uh, when white people got there, and it was it was worked on in the 1850s, uh, 1880s, and it became a tourist attraction in the 1880s and 1890s, and then um, huh. uh yeah, and then it was reworked again, even in the 1930s. So, are you guys checking in? Yeah. Do you know what your room number is? Four. You're in four. Come on back. I got guests checking in. Oh, All cool. To do a podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> you guys
1: are just in it now. That's so great. <laughs> Sweet. Guys, hey, this is four. this oh. is content.
2: Yeah, this is yeah, great. This is content right now. And look, look at it too. Look at. Do you guys know the band The F Ruckus? Are you guys from Denver? No. Uh, oh. Well, it's my buddy Aaron. He has a real popular punk band in Denver. Look at him. Where are you guys from? Hi.
0: How's it going, guys?
2: Yeah. Look at their outfits, though.
0: That's so... Oh, dude, see, yeah. This is what I'm talking about.
2: You know? This is see, what I'm talking about. Grown-up punk rockers.
0: Grown-up punk rockers, man. <laughs> Grown-up punk rockers want to go on vacation, <laughs> and they yeah, own this this businesses now.
2: Good. Thanks, man. I'll let you off the show now. Oh, <laughs> dude. That's... See, that's
0: exactly what I'm... Dude, it's amazing. It's amazing watching our people get old and, like, demanding to... Dude, this is what I was talking about before, too. It's exactly like we, we demand that stuff is, like, cool and punk rock and, like, accommodates us. And, you know, I think that much, much older people, they're just really wishing that the world accommodated them more. You know what I mean? Sure.
2: But the thing is... The world does accommodate. Them.
0: I know it ac- accommodates oh, it them does. almost exclusively. Does it ever? Yeah, you know we're just trying. We're just trying to also be accommodated. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're through accommodating you, Mitch McConnell. That's all right.
2: <laughs> you know.
1: I... So and hey, this is. It always
2: cracks me up about, you know, like oh, I'd be racist if I had a white pride group, but it's like they have a white pride group. It's called golf
0: yeah 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 <laughs> i've hey i've got a i've got your website up on a on a little screen cap here and uh man it looks gorgeous looks absolutely gorgeous let's um yeah i'm gonna go to this this gallery here and just kinda let that go while we're talking um yeah why don't uh okay why don't you actually let's not look at Pictures when people can just go to the website on their own. Uh, Why don't you show us around a little bit?
2: You know, I'm I'm down here right now. I'm in the old bar room. Um, So so this was—you
0: hadn't really done anything down there when we were there.
2: And I still have it. This is pretty much my shop. I'm staging here. I'm storing tools and material and furnishings here. Um, This room is about 1,500 square feet. You can see here it has the original ceiling. Wow! In here, this is all pressed tin. And I mean, you'll see this sometimes in buildings in Denver, but a lot of it just got torn out and just nobody really valued it. And then somebody actually even tried to steal this out of here. You can see behind me there, some of it's missing. And so the bank, like somebody who was leasing it tried to take off with it. So I've actually got all the missing pieces back here. Oh, cool. You're going to be able to put those back up eventually. Um, This that's behind me right here is not original to the building either. Um, So, somebody kind of built this as a divider. It kind of looks original, but it's not. Um, So, in here, um, I've got some fun stuff. I've got the taxidermy wolf I've got. (laughs) Cool. Skeleton sitting on top of him. Uh, What else do I have here? This is. Doesn't look
0: like he's sitting on top of him. Yeah. (laughs) He's
2: taking a nap yeah <laughs> you know i just furnishings piled up and this is going to be stuff i'm going to refinish or paint or make something else out of and so i just kind of have a process of collecting stuff uh there's actually back here a very large painting of an owl that was donated uh by do you know teresa who does the uh scream screen uh the, she's like a horror movie host i uh-uh. uh, usually have her on oh, here so i'm surprised you don't know yeah. her she's so fun
1: do you do you yeah. know her gordo
2: yeah i know of her i don't know
1: her personally
2: you know i have made so many new friends through this place and i just met her through this but like i just kind of was met her like we should do a cross promotion um and we're like totally friends now like she comes over for dinner and stuff like that she is really really awesome and i'm That's really cool. be funny because we're like the same age and know a lot of people in common and I guess she's been around, but maybe she's just reclusive. Like we're just recluses, you know. I'm, I don't leave the house too much. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
2: But she's really cool, man. You should have her on. She's really a ton Teresa of fun.
0: Mercado. Okay, cool. Teresa Mercado.
2: It. Yeah, I think you should have her on your show sometime to talk about screen. Scream. Making a note of it right. Now. And uh, they do that at the SEI on Colfax. Not right now. Um, she just hosted a showing of uh, Candyman at oh, cool. uh, Red Rocks
1: yeah and she
0: <laughs> teresa mercado okay cool yeah,
2: they give her Pull budget her too she's she had out like uh uh oh uh barbara crampton who's in reanimator do you remember reanimator oh yeah dude. oh yeah. yeah it is great <laughs> the guy takes his head off and puts it in between her legs the yeah, decapitated yeah. head goes down on her uh yeah she had like her at a line of hosting and she had, uh, what's her name, Felisa Rose that's in, uh, do you remember Sleepaway Camp? Do you ever seen that slasher oh, yeah. Sleepaway Camp with a big reveal at the end and she actually has a dick? It's just like, <laughs> oh, that's why she killed everybody. She's trans.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. most
2: homophobic movie
0: ever. Yeah, yeah.
2: But uh, yeah, so she's had hers. So she'll get like, you know, like kind of these like C-list horror movie celebrities to come host these movies with her and stuff. And uh, yeah, she's cool. She's fun. Um, what else? Neat art. We get really neat art. Uh, so you uh, just are pretty weird. much
0: like collecting stuff that you know will go somewhere at some point, yes. and then you like what, build the theme out of the room when you get a, a, a decent amount of good shit that goes together?
2: Yeah, it's like uh it's like, you know, there's a, a vibe, you know. I'm 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 on a budget, right? I don't know that one the window. We're not bringing the windows up yet though. I got my tools in there. We oh, got tools in there? Okay. Yeah. So, uh me okay, let me This is this great second.
0: that there's like a job site going on while we're doing the podcast. That's so cool. <laughs> that's like that's it, part of my authentic. favorite part about the thing. It's like, "Oh, I got to check a couple guests in." Oh, you know, this guy's oh. getting ready to move oh, windows right upstairs.
2: This is my helper Chapo. This is the one man who actually does all the work. What's up, Chapo? what's up Artists, dude uh, hardest working man you'll ever meet he's up every day at 6 a.m yelling at me <laughs> that's great <laughs> but, uh, yes, <laughs> that's so that fucking cool now. he's the man he's the man dude he's from uh the chiapas mountains cool. uh, near guatemala yeah in mexico and just so they're just tough-ass people. The cartel burned his whole village down. He hasn't seen his family in like 30 years. Wow. That's that's oh. the whole show. That's a show for you, Chapo. Um, oh, what else? He was shit. living in a bush when I met him. He's a tough little man. He don't wow. take no shit from nobody. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. What? Yeah, no, he's got stories, man. He's, he's come back across the border a bunch of times, and he's got wild stories. Hey, do you want to hear a Chapo story? Do we have a second?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I would love to hear a Chapo story. Uh, so
2: Chapo told me a story. I think it was. I think it would have been in the late eighties or early nineties because he's like fifty-six years old or something. And uh, he uh, was in Utah, and he was trying to hop a train to go back to Mexico. So he was gonna like literally like, you know, hop on a freight train. And ride it across the border to get back into Mexico. And so, you know, Chapo, I think he used to drink. He doesn't drink anymore. But uh, he got on the wrong train. And so he falls asleep on this train. And he wakes up. And it's really cold. And what he doesn't realize is that he's actually ridden this freight train. Not into Mexico, but into Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. <laughs> so he gets off this freight train and uh, you know he's lost he's cold he doesn't know where the fuck he is and he starts just looking for anything and I guess he found his way onto this farm and he found a building with a basement and he goes down to the basement steps and he gets in the basement and there's some blankets down there a place he can get himself warm basically right And so, and there's a bottle down there too like somebody had been you know nipping it and taking a nap down there right so he's like i drank the bottle passed out cold right wakes up flashlights people yelling at him guns pointed at him dogs on him the whole thing just wakes up just holy fuck what's going on and so it's canadian police right and they're confused they're like you know Hub little bugger, get up here, eh? You
0: know?
2: Like, look at the little fella. He's cold. I must be scared, you know? And so they get a translator. And so, you know, Canada in the 80s, they're not really used to dealing with that. Just, you know, whatever. It's not the United States. They treat people with respect, you know? So they get him a translator and get the story out of him that he got on the wrong train and he's just lost. And so in Canada, when they deport you, they have so little of that to deal with. They put you on basically a private plane, right? <laughs> right. And they dress you. They feed you well. And when they deport you, also when they kick you out of the country, they give you money. What? They give yeah. They give you money when they kick you out of the country because they're deporting you, and you know they don't want to send you back indigent. You know what I mean? Right. So they gave wow. him like five hundred something like that Canadian, right? And they put him on a private plane back to Mexico City.
0: Holy shit.
2: Okay. So it's 1988. The exchange rate on Canadian to pesos is like through the roof, right? Right. Okay. Stack him up. Stack him up, right? Okay. So he tells me the story and he says, you know, he comes back in and, you know, he's like loaded basically, right? He says... I remembered the first drink. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man, that's I wanna crazy. hang with I wanna that's hang a, with Chapo next time we're <laughs> oh, up there. It's a great story. He's the coolest,
2: man. Yeah, he's the coolest.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, man. Uh I got in trouble when we stayed there. Because, because I found out about the place through my wife. Like you and I hadn't spoken in years. Yeah, I hadn't seen you in a long time. Yeah, we we hadn't seen each other in, in probably close to ten years, I would say. Um yeah, maybe because I the the first time I got married was um that was in two thousand ten. And that was when we were living in Cap Hill. So it was close to, it was probably maybe eight or nine years since I had seen you last. Because yeah. we lived in Cap Hill around the same time. And um, and so, you know, we hadn't really been in touch. And then Sarah was telling me about, you know, she showed me the Black Monarch. And showed me the building and showed me kind of what you were working on. And, and we both follow... Um, I can't remember the name of the, the the account, but it's an account on Instagram that's all old, beautiful, beat-up houses around the country that are, like, super cheap, but they're amazing. You just have to go, like, live in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas, or, you know, in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, or, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska, or something like that, <laughs> or Kansas, Um you know, A lot and, just Kansas, yeah. So just these amazing old houses, you know, from around the same time. But so we're really into that type of stuff. And so she had shown me that, and shown me the building, and shown me the different theme rooms, like you had the the Tesla theme room and the H H yeah. Holmes room and all that stuff. And um, and then you and then she and I were like commenting, and then you hit me up and said. Hey, it's me. I it's Adam from Benders. I own the, the the Black Monarch. Like you responded to Sarah and was like was like, oh, well, I've known your husband for years, and you know, like we're old friends. I'd love to have you guys up. And so, uh, you didn't bring her though, did you? Say what? You no, breaker, she though? she couldn't go. She couldn't go at the time. Yeah. Well, no, we're definitely. I mean, we're, love to you. we're definitely going to come back. Just she was jealous that like, like you and I talked about doing something with the band, and I'm like, oh, well, we're gonna have Tony in town for this run of shows. You know, we're doing this daytime thing in Pueblo because we did that um, Maggie's Farm Festival out in uh, Pueblo, Colorado. That like outdoor weed, three thousand degree parking lot meltdown that we played with Reno
2: divorce Wasn't with blue oyster coal.
0: No, 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 no. That was a different thing. We did like this, like biker run in Grand Junction, that was also a major roast fest, but it was super fun. Um, both, I mean, both the events were super fun, but one of them was playing a fucking biker rally with Blue Oyster Cult. So that, you know, anyway, that's another story. But uh, <laughs> which was amazing. But uh, but yeah, so we had like a daytime festival show, and I figured, hey, we'll just. We'll go play up at the at the Black Monarch and check it out. It'll be fun. And she got, you know, she got mad that the first time I went up there, I went up there without her because it was, you know, it was her idea, it was her find, and so I got in a little bit of trouble for that one. Well, so now I've definitely got to bring her back up.
2: Yeah, I'd love to host you guys. I mean, anytime. I'm, you know, any sort of band on any level, I've got set up to discriminate, turn people away. The Vaguely adjacent to our brand or a theme or whatever, I'd love to host it. That's a big component of my marketing is people, you know, who are artists, who are musicians. Uh, I'd much rather just let them come, stay here for free than spend any amount of money on. Well,
0: and you become you become a pretty Park. a pretty hot spot destination. Like you've got like. You were saying you're you're able to, you never have a problem paying the bills. You got people coming in all the time. Like, are you pretty much booked solid all the time?
2: On October, coming into the month of October, I was pretty much sold out in October. That's I, great. I only have four rooms open right now, so there would only be 124 nights available in a month. And I had maybe four or five nights available at the end of the month. I think October is completely, wow. it's just done now. Uh, I think all my weekends in December are almost gone now, at least half gone. Uh, November is just, uh, booking up. Thanksgiving weekend, I think, is just about gone to separate people. But And you pretty
0: much stumbled upon this by complete accident. Like, yeah,
2: I mean, I, I, I knew that people that are adjacent to oddities... You know, and so then that's metal, punk rock, goth, would love Victor. Right. I knew that. And so there's a big oddities
0: culture. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you, actually, you know, that big oddities, one of the things that really inspired Black Monarch, um, I have a process of working on historic buildings. um, And so you don't want to fight what's there. Right. You know? and you don't don't want to be trying to move a wall over just a foot just to fluff up your ego or whatever, you know? Right, right, right. And so uh, I I have kind of this, you know, I have really no formal education. I'm a high school dropout, right? Right. And so the guy I was talking about that I did uh, my uh, carpentry apprenticeship underneath, um, his wife was actually a professor of architecture at CU uh, Denver and I also got to work with another guy named Brian Cook who was a professor of architecture at CU Boulder and I was doing uh, he he on the side had a landscape design company and I was doing all the install for him mm-hmm. but you know he would talk to me in depth about the install and why he designed it this way and so I just kind of sponged a lot off of these people And so I kind of have, like, a philosophy of building that, you know, uh, function should dictate form, right? And so people get caught up in this idea, I want to have this in my home, I want to have that in my home. It should do this, it should do that. And really, they should think, what do I want to do in my home? What is my home for? Like, what is the purpose of this?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so... You know, I just started with think, with
0: like, whatever pr- is already there existing. Like, how do I want to utilize this?
2: Yeah, 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 totally. And like, so, you know, people get I want the I, I want a uh, an island, you know, because they saw it on TV. But maybe an island just doesn't fucking work in their space. And they just have to admit that to themselves. You know, you need right. to let if you're working with a pre existing structure and trying to repurpose it, you need to let that structure talk to you. I really like
0: parameters, you know, I found, I found parameters in art to be very useful. Like, um, you know, with, with, with creating music, the times that I have been most successful from a creative standpoint is when I've just been working a very narrow window Like, like time constraints or, uh, you know, putting deadlines on myself. Like, uh, you know, I, I have this idea of writing every single day, but only allowing myself an hour from start to finish on whatever the idea is like having like forcing myself to have something within that hour. And I felt, I mean, my output is just better when I'm working under those parameters.
1: It's true. as we as it's true. we switch the, over the, to the bong rip <laughs> the the creative uh the creative juices are are kind of like flowing the right direction when you set up a good structure for them you know like some people it's it's kind of like some people think that like you know you know say they see something like uh you know an old zappa performance or something like that and and like a lot of that stuff people would assume is uh, like free form or impro- improvised but it's all rehearsed there's a lot oh, yeah. of rehearsal that goes into that there's a lot of time that goes into that there's a lot of but they're but you know what they did is they allowed themselves room to do what they needed to do within the confines of those structures that begets freedom you know right I think it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing you know i,
0: I saw so the um the classic albums on uh, apostrophe and overnight sensation yeah, because because basically he recorded those back to back which is yeah, insane yeah. and it's always said, insane
1: when you're dealing with that guy I know dude <laughs> and they but
0: one of the things that they said the some of the musicians said is it was like everything was written and on the tour before those sessions so everything had been written and then we worked it out on the road and by the time we went into the studio like those songs were what they were that wasn't us fucking around and writing in the studio like that stuff had all been established in rehearsed. like they went yeah. and worked it out on the road and that's
1: just such an amazing thing you know what i mean well to, that's like, yeah, yeah that's that's like the when i first heard the uh mike patton's demos for Fentomas, like i was like i mean there's essentially no distinction i mean the the only difference between the album and the demos is that there's different personnel playing those parts right it's all it's all there you know and it's like and that's that's some crazy shit (laughs) right right it really is
2: i i honestly uh i was just really drawn to I've wanted to own a building like this of this era and of this purpose and scale, you right? Know, for many, many years, uh, and uh, you know, I saw this one. I saw the opportunity to get it. Honestly, I got like possession of it in I think it would have been January of 2018. Yeah, because I launched in 2019. I got possession of it in January 2018, and it had taken longer originally intended to get the contract so i had moved on to another project right so when I, i i had to finish other things before i could start on it so i didn't really come in here to start working on it until maybe october of 2000 19 and then I actually went to. Have you been to that big oddity show that comes through the uh, Oddities a uh, Curiosities Expo? That's a traveling one.
0: The Curiosities Expo, it comes through town,
2: yeah. It didn't come through this year. Uh, this year would have been why the third year of it in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like couple, I can't remember her name, it's an amazing show. Um, they do it at the Merchandise Mart up there on Washington and I twenty five. Oh yeah, and
0: yeah, I'm mean, well, I'm right over by there right now.
2: Yeah, next year go, next year go. It'll definitely be back. They've been doing it nationally for years. It's the same lady that does that punk rock flea market event. Do you know that? Oh
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, um, yeah, I had gone to her oddities show maybe that October and I had bought a lot of stuff at that oddity show and I already had oddities and weird stuff and creepy stuff. And like, you know, uh, I just like went like printed out pictures of freaks at Kinko's and stuff like that, put them in old frames. And I had it at my house in Denver, the the bed breakfast property I have in Denver stout house. Yeah. 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 And so I don't think that I, Oh, that's right. You own stout house too. Yeah. That's yeah, right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I yeah. totally forgot about that.
2: Yeah. That was that, part of the bank, too. They were like, okay, he's already got a successful bed and breakfast property and he can build it. So, and he's got a little cash to throw at it. So, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, um, what was I talking about? Oh, I don't think that I knew I was going to be the black monarch until.
0: You got in there and started seeing what the building was already telling you it was.
2: I don't think until I was in here, like I had loaded the tools in and I had started demo and it was time to order the paint. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, totally.
2: Okay, I got to commit to a wall color here. And I just said, can I do this? Can I be black monarch? And can I paint everything black? And it was just like you don't do that. Like there's ideas in design and like paint the walls black and paint the floors black and all the doors black is like not a design idea. You know, it's like, right. you don't do that. You know, it's just, it, and it does. Like I have had to learn to light this place differently. Um, just because it does absorb so much light and, uh, it has uh, heating effects I didn't account for. The rooms get hotter now in the summertime, and I had to oh. add air conditioning at certain spots where, I, you know, people in this area are like, I have never used air conditioning, you know, at 10,000 feet.
0: Right. Um, so That's funny. Ridden. You're like the only place in town that uses air conditioning. That's funny. Yeah,
2: because I, I painted <laughs> the floors black. Yeah, so there's a couple roofs on... A certain side, and the sun hits them in the morning, and they just jump up like.
0: That's commitment 20. to an aesthetic, man. That's really <laughs> hey, but it'll keep it warm in the winter time, you know.
2: Yeah, no, it's reducing my heating bill. It's passive. It's passive, so the, and the heating bill is more expensive anyways. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't think about that, and so I learned that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't think I knew what I was doing exactly when I did it. I've always loved horror movies, and uh, I got to mention—I got to give it up to my grandmother who uh, owned an antique shop in Golden and also had a hotel in Golden when I was a kid. Uh, so and you also, kind of
0: had an eye for antiquities already, like would you say? Yeah,
2: I love I. I, when as soon as I was at an age or needed to be like getting my own furniture, I just immediately was drawn to going to the thrift store. And I'm sure you remember going to the thrift store in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It was like all the stuff from the 70s and those giant ashtrays and oh yeah, weird those those big stupid orange chairs and shit. You don't see them anymore though. We bought them all at thrift and destroyed them all. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Yeah.
2: yeah, all those ashtrays. Those ashtrays—they used to be—you could get rid of them, and they were a dollar at every thrift store. And now, you'll see them at some boutique on in Rhino, you know, and it's dude, forty-five dollars ashtray.
0: What's that place? Decade on Broadway? Yeah, yeah. I think that's oh, what yeah. I was
2: talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. You'll see. You'll see some of those classic ashtrays in the window. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, but yeah. I don't. I don't think I, I. Yeah, I knew I wanted it to be spooky and have spooky elements. But yeah, I, it really all the whole thing came on a whim, and I went back and I just said, pulled all my spookiest shit from my house and drug it all up here, until so a lot so... of the stuff that's in the place I had had for ten and twenty years already.
1: So, so does each room have a different theme, or is it all kind of, is it all based around a central theme of just kind uh, of the? the oh, show him the theme stuff. Ch- like, uh, you can show us yeah, some of the I, rooms. I just right? kind of want to
2: get an idea yeah.
1: of like what, yeah, what, uh, what it's all about. Let me see what
2: I can show. You. I showed you four earlier. I was in one, two. I've got somebody in there. Um, Tesla, we're tearing up right now. Let me let's let's go over some of my collections of stuff while we're at it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah. what are what are the names of some of the themes of the rooms? Like, like oh yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so, number one is H. H. Holmes, who built the Chicago Murder Castle in right. uh, Chicago in 1893. That's associated with the uh, World's Fair in Chicago in 1893. And that is the, the, uh, the uh, devil, devil in
0: the white city, or whatever it's
2: called. Devil in the white city, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's the place with all the like secret trapdoors and walls and stuff oh, like yeah. that. The Hidden laboratory. The the most <laughs> prolific serial killer of the twentieth century. Yeah, right? yeah, it's a pretty crazy story.
2: You know what? Finished rooms aren't great to show you right now, because um, I've got guests in. We should have done it earlier. You know what I'm going to show you is unfinished rooms. Cool. Hey,
0: and and we can we can we can pop this. We can pop this up too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that bed is so nice. I'm looking at the uh the bed with the the canopies around the side and the oh god, which room yeah, is
2: that? That's the Elizabeth
0: bathroom. Oh, the Elizabeth bathroom room. Yeah.
2: yeah. There's that
0: kitchen. Little, oh, look at that bat. That bat's kick-ass. Look at that lamp. So, what's the plan with the with the bar?
2: Okay, we just we have too many bars in town um, for the population and for how much traffic we have coming and going. They just aren't maxed out. What's here already. So, I think I'm actually going to open a murder museum in the yeah. old bar room. <laughs> but it's going to take me like a year and a half to get to that. Um, a murder so, museum yeah
0: that's pretty cool
2: okay so um, this is one of the new rooms that's in here. you were in here before when we had this all torn up yeah this is where you got yeah, it actually so we've got the original skylight
1: oh that's awesome
2: back up um, we stripped all these walls of the plaster down to exposed brick and then we stained them the black semi-transparent stain and then we sprayed it with this uh, oh this is is this know. the room we played in yeah so this is real shiny wow finished well um you know, clean easy to keep clean um so this, this is all the uh tin work so this is all original to the building i don't know if we showed much of this earlier but this is all original to the building and the motif here is dragons and hookahs <laughs> you can <didn't> see that <laughs> dragons. So, uh, th- uh, that's uh, so this awesome. This building was originally built as a saloon and brothel and casino, um, right? In 1895. Um, so yeah, tell, tell, then, tell, us,
0: tell us a little bit about that history.
2: So um, this whole area around here, um, you know. They ran trains up to this area right. um, so they had the cargo trains and trains that carried material but they also had these trains that just carried people and you could find you know lists of these trains um, and like the description of them and so like they would have different class tickets and they would describe these seats have leather seats but if you get these tickets the first class you get satin seats. <laughs> That's, like, all they had to
0: offer was, like, really nice fucking chairs, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, we can't refrigerate anything, so, you know, we can't give you a cold drink or anything like that, but... Yeah. (laughs) The seats are satin. The seats are (laughs) satin.
2: So, uh, they would run these trains seven days a week. The other trains would would not run on Sunday, but these pleasure trains would still run on Sunday. Uh, up the hill, right? Right. And this main drag here was just pretty much all brothels and all saloons. And... Hop
1: on board the pleasure train. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this was yeah. like the Las Vegas of the Wild West. That's much. so cool. In, in, in the late 1890s, yeah. That's so. Um, So this this room right here uh, is going to be one of our new guest rooms, and this room uh, is going to be our new uh, Bella Lugosi Dracula room.
0: Bella Lugosi Dracula room. Yes, sir. All right.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. So so, um, yeah. So I have a question about the rooms there. Like, uh, you know, the uh, the Vic in Salida, Um, that place. It's like a kind of an old bar slash old brothel, kind of s- similar, I think, maybe to what to what's there at the, at the Black Monarch. But in the, in each of the rooms there, like we st- we stay there when Granny Tweed would play there. And in each room, they have the junk sinks in the corner that are just as high as your junk. Uh, so you can so you can wash off your junk there when you're done, uh, you know, with your pleasure train or whatever it is. is you're Junk sinks. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're just as high as your crotch. The crotch sinks, you know, crotch. You, know, you can't like, get that at Kohl's, uh, baby. Uh, no, and that's, <laughs> I just, I, I found that really fascinating. Not I didn't yet. know if, you, if any of your rooms had that kind of feature. That's hilarious. Uh, A ball bath? Uh, A ball, ball bath, yeah. <laughs> there were
2: no ball baths in this building uh, when I moved into this one, but there were ball baths in uh, Stout House when I got it.
1: What? Oh, nice.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so uh, that house on Stout Street, when I got it, it was really weird. It had been, like, boarded up for 10 years. And uh, there was, like, a lot of weird stuff. Like, there was, like, this room that had, like, a bar in it. And there was speaker wires in every room. And when we started to clean, like, we smelled beer on the carpets. And, uh, you know, it was just really, really odd. And then there was also these open showers where, like, the shower, the bathroom floor just ran into the shower. There was no, like, pan or lip or anything. <laughs> and, and then, um, like, three of the bedrooms upstairs all had just a sink. Just the sink in the in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this yeah. is really, really weird. And so uh, I used what? to be married to a police dispatcher. And so I was like, look up all the, uh, you know, like what happened at this address, and she pulled it all, and there was, and it was in like 2001. There was just a bunch of prostitution arrests, and then like a shooting that happened. <laughs> <So she laughs> That's too good. So this yeah. isn't
0: like that wasn't like a brothel. This was like a like or wasn't like an old, you know, Victorian broth brothel. This is a, a house on Stout that like. Like and it had arrest records from like 2001, yeah, and they had ball washers in the rooms. That's great. Yeah, that means somebody, washer. probably in the '90s, plumbed that bitch out and just put
1: multiple fucking like, what do yeah, you do? just like I'd like, just please, I want this whole place outfitted with undercarriage bidets <laughs> in every corner. Like, how do you do get it? the materials for that? like, well, who do you go I to for the
2: material off the shelf at hope Depot.
0: <laughs> you know, just, just... A ball day, off the shelf yeah, at Home Depot? Need,
2: all you need is a plant, my friend, for that one.
0: You just go down. You just go down to wherever you get the supplies <laughs> for, like, drinking fountains or yeah. hand-washing sinks at elementary schools, and you yeah. just, like, chop them down and modify
2: them. Yeah, just buy three vanity kits and do what you got to do.
0: <laughs> Dude, actually, that would be really great if you could get, like you remember the hand washing trough in elementary school that it was like the big circular like sombrero thing. and like you stepped on the little bar on the bottom and like a little like pea stream of cold water came out and you washed your hands in there. Do you know what I'm talking um, about that you guys have, have one there? of
1: those? They have one of those out at the uh, the old airport, the Stapleton that they turned into a mall out there. Yeah, the, the the bathroom has that in there, and I was like, "Holy cow! I haven't fucking seen this thing since I was a kid. This is crazy." Like a new version of that thing, or like one of those original things. Uh, I I don't know. It, it didn't look old or new. It just looked like it was there. I have no idea. But it was. But it was that same. Did thing. it have it like worked. the
0: speckled granite that yeah, it's yeah, built from? It worked. Oh, the whole weird. thing
1: worked. It was. It was. But it, it was so weird how it didn't look particularly vintage. <laughs> it just. It was just <laughs> pretty there.
0: So someone's know. still making them. So I wonder I if guess. you could like re-drill the spouts on them and put them underneath so that when you step on the bar. <laughs>
1: the <laughs> it just shoots up. <laughs> uh, you see, you got some great, these are great ideas, man. We got you should a, we put got a, one of those in one of your rooms. We you should on some plans. You got to work, some
2: some I'm work on patents. These,
1: these patents <laughs> need to be coming through here. You can put that at the hotel,
2: top. The hotel down the street from me still has ball washers now that you mentioned it. i
0: bet they do. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm just like, and the image that's popping into my head is just some like cowboy in like butt flap, you know, long underwear, (laughs) like red butt flap, long underwear with a hat on with the brim flipped up on top and like some like 1800s, you know, hooker like laying on the bed, like filing her nails or something while this dude just like has his long underwear opened up and is just like splashing water on his balls and like making yeah, awkward yeah. conversation
1: yeah that's great that's oh, great God. so do you uh get, get across the street <laughs> much <laughs>
0: you getting across the street much
1: <laughs> i don't know what did you say oh, back then
0: oh yeah <laughs> have you seen that stagecoach of entertainers that's in town for the week <laughs> they're putting on a they're putting on a variety show over there at the saloon me and my pals are gonna go over there later and shoot our guns in the air if you care to join us <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god
0: <laughs> oh man I used to have a job there working the oil lamp in front of the projector <laughs> 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 So, uh, man, this is so. I'm, I'm did Jennings. Did you, did you meet Jennings? I don't know if I ever met Jennings. See if I get Jennings over here. Who's Jennings? Uh, what's that? Who's Jennings?
2: Oh, he's this man boy from Mississippi that moved out here. That somehow that that makes sense. That he's from Mississippi. He lives in Victor, and apparently he has wealthy parents, and they bought him a bunch of old mining shacks, and he's just like. Lives in unfinished mining shacks with holes in the floor.
0: And- in multiple <laughs> old wow mining shacks. That was his dream, huh? He just he wanted to be like he wanted to do prospector cosplay, but like the extreme yeah, version.
2: Pretty much, and he's like 35 years old. He's like our age.
0: I mean, I wow. get that. You know, had, had I just, not met yeah. Sarah and had a kid, like. Like okay, had I not met Sarah and had a kid, and 2020 happened, and like there was no <laughs> shows ever, and, like if I had zero prospects, I probably would have gone and lived in a shack in Victor, Colorado, and done prospector cosplay.
1: Like that is honestly the
2: thing to do I, in
1: 2020, good. I think.
2: <laughs> like I guess his brothers and sisters, like his parents are like rich, like you know, like trustafarian rich. Like I've seen photos; they have like a huge mansion. They sent his other brothers and sisters, like two are lawyers and one's a doctor kind of thing. And right. he went to uh, blacksmithing college to learn to shoot horses. <laughs> he went to blacksmithing
0: wow. college. I went to Smithy School. Yeah. I went to Smithy School. And...
2: He's a Trump he's a hardcore Trumper. Dude, see, He's this totally makes sense.
0: This totally makes yeah. sense. Is he went to blacksmithing school? He went to blacksmithing college. Sorry, college. He went to yeah. blacksmithing university. Yeah, don't get it twisted. Yeah, yeah. He went to. I mean, this wasn't a weekend course. This wasn't like you know the the community blacksmithing college. This was like the 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 Harvard of blacksmithing universities. Man, it was an Ivy League blacksmithing yeah. school.
2: But like, I he, think it was.
0: I'll bet, he started, yeah, well, I'll bet he started learning about the history of blacksmithing and, like, like the Old West and old prospect towns and all this stuff, and I'll bet he fe- totally fell in love with the fantasy of, like, being the old lonely mountain man, just nothing but your <laughs> hammer and your anvil and your wits and the nature and your your cunning against the elements, and I could see that. I could see me getting totally into that, dude.
1: Your hammer and your anvil and your wits. It's that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's great. And that's your an red name. hot, the wet, red hot it. bellows of your wits. I think you just found the title of your solo album, man. That—that That is perfect. <laughs>
2: it's just you and me, donkey.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Yeah,
2: um, that's it. That's perfect. Yeah. That's it.
0: That's great. That's pretty you know, great. Uh,
2: yeah, you know what? Big MF Ruckus fan.
0: Oh, oh, was he at the show? Oh, yeah. He was definitely at the show. So he was one of the three people who were at the show. <laughs> yeah. So then we definitely met. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Jennings and Bro, I he's, definitely he's met. Because uh, I met everyone who was at the show. He's
2: talked about you on multiple occasions since then. He's been like, that, that fella sure can sing. <laughs> he's, he's an entertainer. He's talented. He's challenging. Yeah. He's oh, man. we so signed him to a contract?
0: <laughs> every, time, every time I start getting the Alaska thoughts and wanting to run away and, and quit, I'm just going to remember that somewhere there is a, a rich boy from Mississippi living in a shack, playing prospector, that loves me, and I love him too, man. That's just like, that is such a good feeling. What a guy! Yeah. What a what a sweetheart of a guy! And I'm telling you, oh. like he's he doesn't have a wrong. He owns multiple shacks.
2: I'm telling you, he's a wealthy hobo. He does. He has multiple shacks.
0: He, he's he's shack rich.
2: Yeah, yeah. He has one house where there is no house. It's just the foundation. Pierre and Victor. So it's just the foundation of the house. Right. And then over in Goldsfield, which is like our neighboring I call it Methfield. Over in Methfield he owns another <laughs> house. No foundation under the house. The foundation has fallen away. Oh wow. So you know, we're just trying to figure out how to, you know, bring one to the other. So wow. I
0: I have an idea. If he's got multiple shacks, you guys should go into business together and make tiny cabins like instead of having like one
2: go ahead work with him and stuff we'll see you know he's very possessive of his shacks you know so we'll see right right right
0: yeah no i totally get that
2: so So he's working on it he is he is currently building his own uh airbnb so we're gonna see where that goes
0: see you inspired him that's what happened. Yeah, he's like, totally. he's like, man, Adam's got that
2: yeah. bitchin' hotel. I said you've got to monetize these shacks. undoubtedly. <laughs> no, he's got this one house. Actually, it's right on. Um, it's I'll, this is a good story about him. So uh, there's this. Ha- it, it was somebody's house, and it's like on the edge of a 15 foot cliff. Like, you know, you can take a picture of it. And it looks like it's about to just fall off this cliff.
0: Because it probably
2: is. And this is maybe like a 300 square foot house. This is a house that's like the size of a studio apartment or even smaller.
0: Right. Okay.
2: That was somebody's, you know, mining shack basically in 18, whatever. And so up here, they have some gray area about what is and what isn't a residence. And like, they'd let you reactivate this thing, they'd let you permit, but he's refused to like permit this thing. I keep right. telling him, you need to permit this project. So like, I'm going to open it up, am going to do this. And so uh, it got to a point, there was a power meter in it, and they came and they took his power meter and told him they weren't going to release it back to him once he. Opened up. Oh. Whatever, right? Now, they're not ever going to make him tear this thing down because it has historic significance, and it's just iconic, you know? If he would fucking permit the thing...
0: So they're, like, giving him every opportunity, and he's just like, no, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, Here's his solution to the problem. He calls his parents... There's a fully, you know, permitted and licensed house that somebody had redone basically next door to the shack. Calls his parents up, over offers on the neighboring house by like 40 G's.
0: Oh my God. Moves
2: the neighbor out. Oh my God. (laughs) His parents bought him the house next to his shack, and then he ran an extension gourd over.
1: What? That is, man, that is, that's one way to solve Um. a problem. (laughs) That's probably one of the more complex. He's like, Mom, Dad, they won't let me use the goddamn extension cord over at the neighbor's house. You just go buy that house so I can just work around this cocksucker. Look, man, I need need power, man. I, I just need some power. Should What's the I just most get a expensive permit? way I can, I, can, I can get power to my shack?
0: <laughs> yeah. Should how much is the permit? Is it like eighty <laughs> dollars?
2: I don't fucking know. I you know I mean yeah, like how much is a
0: permit to like have a power box in your house?
2: They, it can't they be could do some other things, but he just I don't know. He doesn't want to come in messing with his house, with his shack.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: I told him we could take, I would take the shack apart, I'd get him a permit to do this, and we would take the shack apart and put it back together like it was, but straight and square and true and ready to have like like a proper frame in it, and we would basically like take the sides off and build a replica of it and put the sides back on, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just sounds like a man who prefers his West's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants yeah.
2: water. No, you know river. what, you know, it's like a sway in the back in the roof, you know, like you ever seen that old like,
1: house? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and he's just like, they won't let me frame it back with that sway though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, this is how you should help him out. I think you'll go for this. Offer to run a really, really long extension cord from the Black Monarch to his shack. I think you'd be into that. I think that's the only way he's going to let you help him. That's funny shit, man.
2: Yeah. So that's okay. Crazy.
0: So tell me a little bit about uh, what the future has in store for you and the Black Monarch. Because I know when you and I talked before COVID... This summer, we were originally going to try and do an outdoor festival, so I know you've gotten yeah. involved with, like, the Chamber of Commerce out there in Victor, and and although there are – you do have your haters, the people, like you said, most of the town is really into, you know, yeah. working with you, and, and you guys are collaborating on things, so what what do you see happening in that town over the next five to ten years, and what are you going to be doing – with the hotel and beyond to kind of like advance that forward?
2: Uh, Well, hey, we're going to be open in three rooms, new rooms uh, by mid-December this year. So that's going to be big for us. Uh, And then by March, between March and June of 2021, I'm going to have a coffee shop open here. Uh, Directly below me right now, there's another retail space that's empty. Uh, I'm going to build another hotel suite in there with its own restroom, not a shared restroom situation Mm. uh, like these other rooms. Uh, I'm going to uh, – and then in that bar room, I'm going to probably look at doing that murder museum. Mm. Uh, And then another thing that's really a big feature here – let me show you this right now. The city actually built this plaza that's behind us here. Right. And you can see people hanging out here right now. Um, But this building that's back here, uh, with the garage door on it, that actually opens up, and that's a bandstand. Right. That's where
0: we were going to do the the festival that you had in mind.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so the city actually has been doing a festival here for 120 years, gold rush days. And so, I mean, there's a huge opportunity to, you know, do something with this. It's really scenic, and I mean, once we have events here, this room basically turns into, like... This is like a box, you know? Right. So, I mean, imagine watching this concert, right? Right.
0: That's so cool.
2: Or your king bed.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's super cool. That's going to be great.
2: I mean, I've got a lot of work. My long-term plan, I have drawings in this building with an elevator running through the middle of the building. And then... uh, you know, two more hotel rooms, or maybe a penthouse on top, a satellite bar, like a small bar on the roof. Uh, and then I also had a gas fire pit and a hot tub on the roof in those buildings.
1: Wow.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, overlooking the bandstand also, right? Because you've got to be watching the concert from the hot tub in the mountains. Hey, could you imagine that though? And like in the winter time too, we brought in all these gas heaters, and it's like winter yeah. the wintertime and you're in a hot tub watching a concert from the roof
1: that's so cool yeah. that'd be pretty yeah. badass yeah
2: i i kind of honestly i where i see this place if i do all that i think we would become kind of like the ultimate like uh goth girl tattoo girl uh vacation wedding destination wedding oh totally you know
1: totally absolutely it's like you know, it's like
0: my that. bridesmaids and I we're going to go out to this like super creepy hotel out in the middle of nowhere Colorado and we're going to drink absinthe and take mushrooms and <laughs> and have a séance like honestly dude <laughs> like if if Sarah and, that's and I that's all legal that's n- all legal Dude if Sarah and I ever pulled the trigger like that that, that place is like built for Sarah and girls like Sarah like, yeah, you know, like if we ever if we ever pull the trigger and actually have like an official wedding, like that's going to be a, a the, the type of place that she would want to go for like a bachelorette party or like, you know, some sort or a honeymoon or something like that. It's dude, it's all perfect. these
1: it's like it's like the perfect place for like those those murder podcast conventions. You could do one of those out there totally. like it'd be perfect
2: like yeah. i mean you know i'm just trying to get more murder podcast people to feature it and come out here and record and just get involved uh, you know i love that kind of thing uh we booked our first uh with these other rooms also um somebody is doing a murder uh dinner like mystery uh kind of a thing here oh yeah that's uh, perfect yeah, yeah like totally a murder mystery
0: knows. dinner thing yeah that's perfect yeah.
2: Right, great fit for here, um, you know, we're just like a really good size for it, too, so I really see once I build all that extra stuff out, this place will really become probably continually sold out on weekends with that kind of thing events. We'll probably find some little eishi event like that that you do here and you come and you do a little escape room murder mystery thing
0: here, oh dude, escape room totally, yeah, people love that shit like you could you could um. You could offer corporate retreats to like record stores and um, like you do you do group rates for like pe- like if you work at Mommy's Little Monster or like I was I almost I totally almost said like Fashion Nation or Emmy Jimmy but neither of those places exist but um, you know what I mean like like Wax Tracks does like a company retreat or like totally. everybody from like a tattoo shop does like a company retreat or something like that and you right. could have them come up and do. A, do a escape room sort of thing or murder mystery thing. Yeah, totally.
2: Do you remember uh, Vivian Vavum? They used to do burlesque in Denver. Burlesque as it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burlesque as it was. Yeah. Yeah, she came and she had her birthday party here recently. Oh, that's really Um, cool. That's big. You know, what? something was, well, the whole thing, you know, uh, I didn't know this before I had this place. Uh, 70% of the listenership for true crime podcasts are women. I'm sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And and then, uh, you know, I, I number,
1: listened to one of them
2: the uh, other 70% day. 70% <laughs> of our followership on social media is women. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, at Black Monarch. Uh, so I was surprised by that. But yeah, just how much women just love spooky shit. I just had no idea how much women love haunted stuff. Oh, and dude. I, of I course. Just know.
0: Of course, man. Like they 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 love it. They love uh, like I've known so many girls over the years who were just like the biggest fans of Tim Burton and and you know uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and all that and um, uh, God and like uh, Yonan Vasquez like Johnny the Homicidal Maniac like all that stuff they like and yeah. then yeah murder mystery podcasts and stuff like that two of the most. Famous true crime writers in recent history uh, were, in fact, many famous true crime writers have been women, but two that, uh, like, right off the top of my head is um, the gal who wrote about the Golden State Killer that was uh, married to Patton Oswalt, who unfortunately passed away. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, and then um, uh, is it what is it? Is it Anne Rice who wrote the book about... No, it's not Anne Rice. It's uh, it's the, the gal who wrote the book about Ted Bundy, who was actually, like, friends with Ted Bundy and ended up becoming a crime writer and then ended up writing about Ted Bundy after he got arrested. You know what I'm talking about? No, I Bes- don't even know about that. The name wow, of her book was uh, The Stranger Beside Me. Yeah, she knew Ted Bundy in college. They were good friends in college. I think they might have even worked together at the crisis center when he was working over there and then she went on to be a crime writer and he went on to be fucking Ted Bundy. And, um, so she ends up like kind of combining these, you know, her personal anecdotal experience of like knowing him and keeping in touch with him and like correspondence that they had over that time and the crimes that he perpetrated. And like, you know, it's a really, really unique way. like. To go about a book like that, and like that's got to be yeah. a, you know, oh one it's, it's
1: it's it's Michelle top. McNamara, isn't it? Michelle Michelle, Mac- Michelle McNamara
0: is the one who wrote about the
1: um yeah. Golden State Killer. Yeah, I watched that that HBO thing about her recently. I was really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've I've started it, but we took a break because we're binging on horror stuff this month. Uh, as you as you must, as you should. Yeah, y- yeah, yeah. I, I watched uh, Color Out of Space the other night, which was a lot of fun. I know a lot of people find Nicolas Cage annoying, but I thought I thought it was great. It was a oh, blast.
2: Oh, Color Out of Space! Yeah, I saw that. Uh, it, yeah, it had mixed reviews for me. I loved it just for Cage Rage, you know.
0: Yeah, I I mean. Oh yeah, wise uh, wisecrack did this deeper dumb on uh, on um. Nicolas Cage and they kind of talked about how he's really into kind of like Japanese absurdist type of theater. Like that's yeah. like like he's actually a very serious actor. He's just into a style of acting that comes across as very over the top with with Western audiences or or people who you know the the people who would be critical of him. I think he's awesome. I love Nicolas Cage. Yeah. But um but uh but well, yeah it's
2: just like It's a little over the top.
0: He had it, yeah. yeah, The cage cage rage. I mean,
2: just his his financial problems are definitely interfering with the artistry. There's like no question at this point. Like he's just taking shit because he needs money. Yeah. You know you know about all that. His like financial.
0: No, I didn't know about that. Oh,
2: he's deeply, deeply in debt. He's like in really, really bad financial shape. I haven't. I haven't seen the
1: quarterly reports.
2: <laughs> no, he's like over mortgaged on like an island and all this shit. Oh wow. <laughs> he, he went and he bought this uh T What What is the
1: deal with buying islands? These people that buy islands is so
2: yeah. He uh, uh, he bought all this I'm these, upside like, down on my island. Uh comic books at auction and stuff. He bought like a Batman number one and Superman number one and like all this stuff that you don't fucking need. And, uh, <laughs> uh, You're kidding me. There's like this famous story about him. uh, He was at this like a charity auction, and there was a T Rex was like the big item, like a T Rex like skeleton that like for like a museum, you know. And he got in a bidding war on it with Leonardo DiCaprio, and (laughs) purposefully like drove him up on on like the bid, and then just like dropped out at the last minute. You know what I mean? (laughs) Leonardo DiCaprio's a
1: fucking asshole. He rage-caged all over Leo. Hey, man.
0: Wow. (laughs) Nobody ever forget that Leonardo DiCaprio fucking fucked Nicolas Cage on a goddamn dinosaur skeleton. What a piece of shit.
2: Nick Cage, but because he, like, has all this shit that he bought and he, like, financed a lot of it, like, he has to work continually. Like, he has to put these movies out. Like, he has, like, a really high... Nut that he has to make because his, like, he took out like 30 year mortgages when he was like at the peak of his fame. Oh and my so he, God. Yeah. And so if he wants to like hold on to his stuff and then he had tax problems. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he like, like briefly like married and then like divorced a very young Asian woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was just pretty recently here. Uh, he was, like, married in Vegas for like less Oops. than 90 days. And then and you realize he was married to Lisa Marie Presley? I,
0: I think I remember that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that he was also married to Michael that,
2: Jackson, which is like... Yeah.
0: Well, Nicolas, to be fair, Nicholas Cage and Lisa Marie Presley make more sense to me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Anything Lisa Marie Presley makes more sense. Well, especially,
0: yeah, especially, <laughs> you mean that an asexual mannequin? Yeah. Like, well, asexual Dude, listing,
1: at best. If you're listing, like, Michael Jackson and, and the Rage Cage as your exes, that's, that's astounding. That's an I astounding think, list right there. I think, right her, there. Like I that think is, her
0: dad would be like... Like, you you talk about, like, your father would be rolling over in his grave. I think he would be, I don't think he'd be rolling over in his grave. I think he would just be deeply disturbed. Like, that. just like, like, what did I do to my poor little girl? Made her run off with that feller, and then this feller who sort of played me a couple times in a couple movies in a really weird, obscure, absurdist way.
1: I'm just, that's just terrible. What did I do? Where did I go wrong? He would feel like maybe, a monster. You know, maybe he did it to ha- to have access, to have access to the dynasty. Yeah, I maybe. So. Definitely. Nick Cage He's a big Elvis fan. He is a big oh, yeah. Elvis fan. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that much <laughs> is obvious.
2: <laughs> yeah. He he owns, another thing that he owns is a real Elvis, like one of those white jumpsuits. Like he owns one of the I know you're an owner of jumpsuits.
0: Yeah. Of course, yeah, Elvis.
2: Yeah, he, yeah, he owns some really famously owns some really silly shit.
0: I dressed up like Elvis once when I was a kid. Like I had, like I had, um, my mom helped me make my costume. Holy shit! A big fucking memory egg just busted open. Live on, t- I haven't
1: thought about this in years. What kind of which Elvis were you? Were you '68 comeback special or were no, you? No, like no, I was prior? like
0: Vegas. I was like Vegas white suit Elvis.
1: Okay, but
0: it was like so. I had. It was like this, you know, fabric, like uh, like stretch fabric, like spandex leotard thing, and then it just had little foam rubber triangles, like collars on it, and then the foam rubber little triangles were, like, bedazzled and, like, shiny bubble painted and shit like that. Like, then I wore the sunglasses and everything, and, you know, I was... I don't remember how old I was, but I was like super skinny, so I did not look like that era of Elvis. But yeah, man, I haven't thought about that in years. That just popped out of my brain. Anyway, Nicholas Cage is in a lot of trouble, huh?
1: Yeah. The question is: is is he in more or less trouble than Johnny Depp? Because Johnny Depp's in this in a world of trouble as well, right?
0: Well, but Johnny Depp actually, like, he got um. He had a very public um oh, He got God. beat too. Yeah, but he it eventually but it, there was eventually a recording came he out where him. uh his his ex-wife uh admitted on recording that she had been like beating him up and was crazy and all this like there was there's there's a whole recording of it that came out. Now, that yeah, being said.
2: Footage.
0: That being said, Johnny Depp has enough money that I'm sure he could pay
1: anyone to say anything that they want to say on recording. Well, did did he—I mean, did, have you read that, that Rolling Stone article about how much wine he bought, like vintage wine he's bought and drank? Well, oh, like, you're talking like,
0: about financial problems
1: that yeah, Johnny Depp yeah. has. I thought I mean, like, you were talking never, about Never mind his. the mental issues or whatever else, like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. marital woes or whatever. Where I'm yeah. talking strictly about—let's talk about a, you know a cellar full of wine that is— you know, never a cellar full of wine because he lives there. It's like, basically he drinks everything that he buys. Like, you know, and that, that was the report that he was just constantly juiced up. You he's know, drinking
0: like, so much. He's drinking so much. Like he made himself broke from drinking too much. Really expensive. I mean, that's
1: that's 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 a very that's a very. I mean, I'm I'm simplifying it to a great deal. There, there there's a lot of other problems going on there. But
0: that is among but, the things that
1: he. But is that is among on. the things that he is doing right now. Is, is and I think. He, and the thing that reminded me of that is just you mentioned the island. He's got one of those. Like Depp's got an island <laughs> out an there. Island. Somewhere. like. I mean, like maybe he owns the one next door to. Nicholas Cage yeah, yeah, Rage Island. Like I don't How know. How do you
2: think Johnny Depp's island and Nicolas Cage Island compares to Jeffrey Epstein's island? is <laughs> the just like the facilities. Well, you
0: know, the okay. My guess is that Jeffrey Epstein had a way nicer island.
2: He like, probably had the nicest island.
0: Because because entertainers make it, like like the the richest entertainers are super rich. But there is a whole other class of wealth they're, even yeah. above Hollywood celebrities. Like yeah. we're talking about two yeah, of the biggest of course, celebrities yeah. in Hollywood, and they can't even fucking balance their checkbook. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that they, like they're super, super rich. they're super rich, but they're not like Jeffrey Epstein and the people he was friends with, fucking mega wealthy people. So Jeffrey Epstein's island was probably better by orders of magnitude. Now yeah. In comparing, imagine. Yeah, I know. It's it like so crazy rich, like. But comparing Johnny Depp and Nicolas Cage, I get the feeling that Johnny Depp's is probably thirty percent better than Nicolas Cage's
1: Island. Yeah, I I would. I would. I don't know. I I don't think that. I don't think that the Cage has a has a maintenance crew. I would imagine.
2: Uh... This is what I imagine. This is what I (laughs) imagine. This is what I imagine. Is that like, Nicolas Cage has like more stuff, right? Right. Than Johnny Depp, you know, he has like a bigger island. But like his shit is like thrashed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not very well yeah. kept. He doesn't have a very well kept island. Like I imagine Johnny Depp has a really nice well kept island with like lots of classy shit and like, oh yeah, this is a guitar that I got from Keith Richards and blah 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 blah. And he's got like uh he's got like a bunch of fake arms to hang his bracelets on and shit like that. But like yeah, I imagine like Nicolas Cage has got a whole a whole bunch of stuff that like is super valuable, but he's, like, left in a window with too much sun or, like, you know, next to a leaky pipe or something like that, and it's taken on a little bit of water damage.
2: My mansion has ants.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's I was kinda- going to say, I, I kind of picture an island that has a lot of storage facilities on it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: totally. want to
1: come out to my island, look at my stuff?
2: Oh, well, I I read the, the, the Go back to the dinosaur. I never finished. Uh, he never set the dinosaur up. He just has the bones? Dude. Yeah, he has it like still in the box. Like it is. Garage. It's a bunch of
0: stuff in the box. It's like, dude, and I'll bet there's like. I'll bet there's, like, one bone hanging out, and it's, like, all covered in, like, drywall dust from, like, a project he had to do in the kitchen or something like that. And the,
2: He opened it just to show it to people and never packaged it back up, yeah. The,
0: the box is, like, falling apart at the seams, and he's got it, like, folded up, and if you pick it up, you have to make sure you get the bottom or the fucking dinosaur will fall out the bottom of the box. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's pieces missing. He's not sure where they ended up. Oh, I think they're in the kids' room or something.
2: (laughs) That was a good impression. I believe that. (laughs) Uh,
0: Hey, uh, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, if I may. Um, First and foremost, Matula Plumbing... Matula! Matula! Shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. Angie's List Super Service Award winner back in 2011. 1-1 is the only one that matters. After that, it got all political and shit, and you couldn't trust Angie as far as you could fucking throw her, man. He'll wear the booties for you. If you're in the Chicago area and need your shit piped out, hit up uh, Jerry Matula. And by the way... uh For our patrons, we're giving away um, a bunch of original art from uh, Jay Party Lord. We're also adding some stuff from uh, Josh Finley. And I just talked to Jake Fairley today, and he's got some original panels from the comic. And so we're going to be giving a bunch of those away. But among the art that we're giving away is an original piece that was drawn but never used by Jerry Matula. Uh, The Jay Party Lord drew the... um, The Jerry Up Your Ass Metallica mock-up. We're giving that original artwork away. Part of me is tempted. Like, I feel like I should just give it directly to Jerry. But I think other people would enjoy it just as much. So I don't know.
1: Well, it's, it's a wasted opportunity as far as he's concerned. He lost his chance. You had your chance, Jerry Matula.
0: You know. To have that amazing piece of art. Anyway, that's a perfect time to bring up our patrons. Man, you guys are fucking amazing. Seriously, without you, this band would be dead in the water. Man, I actually have to give a shout out to uh our number one patron which uh which is Logan's brother Marshall O'Connor. He's been with us the longest. He's he's been a top tier uh, dude the whole time and has, like, really been keeping us alive. So I hit him up to let him know he was going to get first pick. And, uh, you know, Marshall's my childhood friend, so we haven't touched base in a while, so we took the time to uh, to sit and shoot the shit via text. And he, uh, he suggested that possibly I was giving the social dilemma a little too much credit. <laughs> that was a really funny thing. He was like, we're just, like, going back and forth about this. And he's like, by the way, I've been listening to you, and I think you're putting a little Too much stock in The Social Dilemma, man. (laughs) Just called me out on that. It was pretty funny. It was good. And I told him, uh, you know, we kind of had our back and forth about it. And then I was like, hey, and honestly, I really, 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 really hope that you're right and that uh, we aren't on the precipice of uh, of a dystopian future similar to the comic book that our patrons are helping us make. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, we appreciate you so, so very much.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the patrons, too, because Granny Tweed gets a small stipend every every month. <laughs> so, so thank you for supporting that band, which supports our band as well. Yeah, you do? You get a small <laughs> stipend? You must be coming no, out of the back I'm end. I'm joking. I'm joking. That, that whole joke came out of my back end. Are you kidding me, dude? You're so go ahead, good go at the back end, yeah. the back end jokes and the deadpan, dude. You the, the back back end delivery. Well, yeah. Dead <laughs> deadpan is my life. Yeah. Uh, who else? Oh yeah, Evergroove Studio, uh, located in Evergreen,
0: Colorado. Who is uh, helping us? work on this epic project we've got so many songs up there and and are gradually starting to chip away at them uh, just had a meeting with Brad recently and we're uh, we're really going to be putting our shoulder to the wheel and and moving this goddamn thing um, it's an amazing studio amazing people run it and uh, they're located in beautiful evergreen Colorado up in the shadow mountain region or the Black Mountain region I can't remember which one uh, 70%. It's in the shadow of Black Mountain. It's in the shadow of Black Mountain. That's right. Black Monarch Mountain. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Not yet. Nice tie-in. Not yet. Uh, but yeah, 70% solar-powered. Hit them up at evergroove.com. Uh, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios is open for business, so uh, even if you're not playing any totally not scary socially distanced uh, concerts right now, you should at least get together and go jam with your buddies at Rocket Space. They keep everything nice and clean and tidy and safe, and uh, man, it'd be beautiful to hear some noise in that place. Uh, Hey,
1: been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, just did that the other day. Awesome. Granny, Granny Tweed, we're playing on Halloween at Appaloosa Grill, get your tickets somewhere. Are you really? You're playing a gig? Yeah. Right. Finally, it'll be it'll be like the
0: fourth gig we played this year. So okay, then let me ask you a question. Sorry to put Uh, you on the spot, uh, Gordo, but when are you coming back to podcast?
1: I can come back. uh, You know, honestly, I could probably come back soon i would imagine i do
0: have a uh, jake Fairley on the books here soon and i think we're going to have him in studio
1: excellent yeah we'll
0: excellent. talk about
1: it yeah we'll
0: you know we'll what, set
2: they, some stuff up we're doing a uh, black monarch uh t-shirt coming up here
0: soon you're doing a t-shirt
2: yeah with jake he's doing the graphic for it oh, oh jake's doing the the art for cool. it
0: yeah that's dude he's perfect that's awesome that's gonna be fun.
2: it's that's gonna be f- a, like, weird sci-fi punk rock kind of thing it's gonna be cool that's super
0: fucking cool that's fucking cool Um, want to give a shout out to Burn TV Uh, this podcast and a bunch of other great content comes out of Burn TV studios here in the heart of an undisclosed location in um, is this Rhino? is that what we're in? am I still in Rhino? Reno (laughs) no no Rhino North Rhino Reno no uh no no knee, no e rhino I, I think it's rhino yeah uh burn tv Beato. man see what we're burning man smell what we're cooking home of the nug nation the nugnation.com bitch uh flipside music i just went over to flipside okay a couple really cool flipside things first of all shout out to those guys for letting me bring my little boy in there When we went to pick up our new masks from Blackout Screen Printing, those things are pretty cool looking. Let me see it. I can't see it. Oh, yeah. These are great, dude. Can you see it? That's great. Yeah, these are great. And uh, you can get these at our website. Uh, MFRuckus.com, or go directly to our Big Cartel site, uh, MFRuckus.BigCartel.com. Anyway, I was over there picking up those masks, and uh, we decided to stop into Flipside Music so I could get some picks and some strings, and Ike let me plug a guitar into an amp and allow my son to hear amplified guitar for the very first time in his life. And uh, it blew his little mind, and it was awesome, and it was a super rad dad moment, and he loved being there, and loved the, the all the guitars and bass guitars and noise that was going on in there. And while I was there, I put the down payment down on a uh, uh, iridium by Strymon, an iridium pedal by Strymon, and it is the most fun toy I've gotten in a long time. I'm having a lot of fun jamming on that. So uh, yeah, man. Uh, shout out to Flipside Music. Life is short. Make some noise. Those guys are fucking amazing. Check them out. Largest selection of effects pedals in the region, and that's a fact. And uh, all the know-how you need to uh, to rock out. Oh, dude, by the way, Gordo, I forgot to tell you. Ike can fucking play, man. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard Ike play before? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I have.
0: Dude, he's, he's like a blues man.
1: He is. He's, he's a like... blues man through and through. Dude, he's like, I was like, he started
0: playing just kind of noodling around, and I was like, holy shit, I can fucking play, dude. I had, yeah. he didn't even talk about his playing when he was on the podcast. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, yes. Mutiny Information Cafe. Uh, this is a Mutiny Transmission, which is a media service division of Mutiny Information Cafe located at 2 South Broadway in the heart of Denver, Colorado. Coffee, books, records, uh, live entertainment, uh, God, cereal. No one has a larger selection of Tarini syrups. No one. No one. Yeah, tell them the boys sent you. Um, Adam, dude, my yes, guy, sir? I have had a really, really fun time having you on, um... The the story of of your spot has been fantastic. It's been great to smoke weed with you long distance. Uh, it's great to see what what you're doing over there. And and I, I don't know how we didn't really talk about kind of the origin story when I was up there visiting. But it's really it's really phenomenal, man. And uh, thank
2: you, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited for you, and I'm super excited to see what the future has in hold. And uh, Once the world.
2: It's just, it's not going anywhere. It's, it's really, it's old and steady uh, financially. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm right where I need to be. So
0: that's great. That's great. Well, um, I can't, yeah, I, great, I can't wait great to get Great stories, back.
1: Adam. I love it.
2: Thank
0: you. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to get back up there, man.
1: And uh, Yeah, I want to get up there, too.
0: It, it's fucking amazing. And uh, now Wherever would probably be a up. better time than ever, honestly. I was going to say I can't wait to see you after the world's less cattywampus, but honestly, a retreat up to the middle of nowhere in your beautiful – Facility uh, could be just what the doctor ordered. So hey, maybe buddy, I'll bring the whole know, family. Like it's up.
2: Trump country up here, you know they don't care. You know there's no masking required, so <laughs> they're,
0: they're <laughs> like, "What <laughs> you got <laughs> them face panties on for, boy?" <laughs> By the way, have you guys seen the new fucking South Park? The South you Park
2: made fun of for wearing a mask at the convenience store across the street. I'm sure. I'm sure. Wow. Have,
0: I'm sure have you uh, I have I have seen it dude the South Park pandemic good. special was so yeah. fucking good it
2: was good it, it was, was pretty good. It's pretty good oh, it
0: felt uh it felt medicinal it really did uh if you haven't watched it go check that out and hey uh, I've only got 16 of these masks left only 16 they're going quick so get yours online now at uh mF, Ruckus, MF, MF or at uh, mfruckus.bigcartel.com. Oh,
1: you know, you know what else? What? This is uh, this is my new solo album. Oh yeah, dude! I, I keep I keep forgetting to talk about oh, it because
2: because okay. it's so, look, it's, it's,
1: dude, it's so the unremarkable. dude. Le- the Gordon Ledfoot solo album, dude. Tell us yeah, about. Tell us a little that's, bit. That's about my the grandpa. Album. That's my grandpa bowling, playing bowling on on the on the cover there. Uh, that's Tom Gordon the third right there. Um, don't ask me about the first or the second. Don't know much about him. Uh, that's me on the back uh, as a small child enjoying enjoying stereophonic sounds. And uh, it looks like the Matthew Sweet album, 100 percent fun. Yeah, I, I basically modeled my entire life after Matthew Sweet, <laughs> and so the '90s are alive. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, like I said, like well, I'm. I'm all about the '90s right now. So
2: that's a good plan. I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can go to gordophonicrecords.com if you want one of those. It comes with two limited edition stickers, which are pretty great. One of them glows in the dark. That's pretty neat. Is that vinyl? Um, is that a?
0: Is that a seven inch? Or is that a CD? Is,
1: this is a uh, this is a mini vinyl. This is what they call a compact disc. Oh, sorry. Um, it, I didn't have to scale. Uh, I couldn't tell I made, scale. And- I can make it look really big. I can make it look like a record. Holy shit, that's a gigantic and CD, you, Gordo. And you can too. If you buy it, you can say, look at the record I just got. Look at the or, laser disc at, I just look got. The, look at the mini disc I just got. Look, look at the, at the, the floppy coaster. disc I just got. Look at the coaster I'm using right now. <laughs> it's It's amazing. Dude, so, I yeah. haven't, is it on the streaming services yet, Gordo? It's not, it'll be on on Halloween. It'll, it's, uh, it's set to drop on Halloween. Dude, please send but me but a to, link for to that. Get, well, I need to get your address so I can just send you one of these puppies. Okay, I'm going to
0: give so. you my address live on the air, okay? Here you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Got yeah. it. Yeah, no one's coming over. No one ever comes over. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Adam, but seriously, though, Um it, it was. I knew it was going to be a fun episode, but it's been really great to talk, and I'm glad you were able yeah. to walk around and show us some of the stuff. Um, give us the plug, man. I, I showed some stuff from your website, but is that the best uh, place for people to reach you?
2: Yeah, uh, you can find us. Uh, you can call me directly, 720-585-1709. Uh, the business phone number goes right to me. I do all the sales pretty much. Uh, don't just show up here because I'm oftentimes sold out right um let's see you can find us on uh facebook you can find us on instagram uh airbnb is huge as my primary point of sale uh the website is uh monarch hotel uh, co.com is that right yeah mark hotel or
0: BlackMonarchHotel.com. yeah Awesome. I don't know. I'm getting ready to redo it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> what is
2: it? It's Black Monarch Hotel.
0: Blackmonarchhotel.com. I got it.
2: Yeah. Hotel. <laughs> what did I say? You said like
0: blackmonarch.org.co backslash geocities something rather angelfire.com
2: um what else google if you just google me i'm outranking i'm actually uh like have been outranking uh the monarch hotel and casino in black hawk
0: i saw that um, oh. on google yeah, yeah i
2: outranking them yeah and so i actually get phone calls for them all the time like every day and then i try to sell them a stay at my place i'm like it's spooky man but you like spooky yeah
1: <laughs> Like ha- have you ever poached? beer bi- and better. Wait, have you ever poached <laughs> business from the Monarch? Absolutely. Get Absolutely. the fuck out of here,
0: dude. Absolutely. <laughs> They're going to be Absolutely. so pissed. You just said that on the air, dude. They're going to be so pissed. You know what? They dude, you're in line so, line so much fucking around. trouble. Don't I bring this heat
2: down on, on Google. me. They outranked them on Google. They're trying to go to a casino. They're not. They're older people. They don't know how to use the internet very well. And I say, hey, why don't you come up to Cripple Creek and stay at the Black Monarch? And they're like, "What they do you have? All you can eat crabs and slot and machines." They, they have it. They have it right down the street from me. It's five minutes down the street from here. All you can eat crab runs. place, really? Yeah, they have it on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They have all I'll, you can eat. I'll bet your book buffet. solid
0: this month, aren't you?
2: Five rib, yeah. <laughs> Listen to me. We have prime Rant. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sold out pretty much every <sighs> night of the week. Cuz I was going
0: to uh, say I got I got like 3 days back-to-back coming up and I'll get something going here here soon. Maybe this winter will come up and hide out the and The
2: smallest time of the year for this business is January and February. If you don't are in the ski business in Colorado, uh January and February are your slowest months. So that'd be a great time to have you up. It's no big deal. Awesome. If I'm gonna have empty rooms, it's gonna be then. So
0: Well, hey, um, I gotta tell you, when we played in your little back room there in your creepy back room for five people, that was in my feeling, like that was one of the best shows we've ever played for nobody. Like it felt <laughs> it felt so good to jam in that room. I don't know how it was for your guests, but it like I had an awful lot of fun jamming in that room with my friends, and I appreciate you having us, and I appreciate you letting us stay there, and I appreciate you inviting us to do other stuff in the future, and the offer like you're you're a real sweetheart of a guy, Adam, and I just cannot thank you enough, and I think your I think your place is just fantastic, and um and you know hopefully. A couple of of the people. Well, let's see. There are a couple of people who watch this and listen to this. So, if half of the couple of people who watch and listen to this uh, come up and 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 stay with you, man, uh, it, it, I hope they don't trash the place and drop our name. And
2: uh, <laughs> no, um, you guys had fans. You guys had fans up here. Remember? Oh yeah. Nope. There was, like, a girl that showed up in an MF Ruckus show up here, wasn't there? That would, like,
0: no, dude, she showed up in a shirt that we had sold her at the Steel Panther show. She was yeah. like, I wore my shirt so you guys could sign it. I was like, get the fuck out of here. She's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I, I wasn't going to miss this for the world. It's like, you get to see us play in the back room. <laughs>
2: That's cool. That's cool, you man. You know what the five, the five people that came to that show? It's legendary up here. That's legendary to them. You, you missed it, man. You missed it.
0: Yeah, you should have been there, man. Adam brought in this fucking rock band and they just set up and they just fucking rocked. They just rocked in a tiny little room, man. It was fucking amazing. Dude, that was a lot of fun. I had a really.
2: He was shredding. shredding. Yeah, you you listen to Jennings Davis tell it. It was a beautiful moment.
0: (laughs) Hey, Jennings Jennings Davis, to all the Jennings Davises in the world, thank you for your enthusiasm. We appreciate the shit out of you. We love you very much. There's thanks only- yeah there's only one there's only one Jennings Davis of the world. Hey, uh thanks all of you for watching the motherfucking podcast. Uh sorry we haven't been super consistent lately, but um you know, it, it it's it's hard to show up in the apocalypse. It's hard to get the energy to do things in the apocalypse. So we're doing our best. Uh Gordo, I fucking love you man. Thanks for coming and having conversations. Tech Guru Ethan, wherever you are, I hope you're listening in the background while you're working for your... Like, I'm pretty sure that Ethan works for a supervillain. Like, he says he works for QSC, but I'm pretty sure he designs technology for some sort of, like, mega-rich supervillain. I can't prove it yet, but I think that's what's going on. Anyway, yes. Ethan, while you're building a death ray for your boss, um, I hope you're listening and hearing how much we appreciate you. And... uh Big shout-out to my guest, Adam Zimmerly of the Black Monarch. Go to blackmonarchhotel.com and uh, book it now, man, because he's filling up fast. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens with your spot, dude. Okay, yeah, come see me on
2: Twitter. I'll see you then, buddy.
0: Yeah, man. All right, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. And fade to black. The motherfucking podcast is recorded at the Nug Nation Studios in Denver, Colorado, and hosted by Aaron Howell, Tony Lee, Logan O'Connor, and occasionally even Ty Blosser of the international power rock combo, Motherfucking Ruckus. Our producer in the studio is Gordon Ledfoot. Our producers in Chicago are Gene Skibbins and Adam Zielinski. All music except homie shoutouts and featured artists is written and performed by MF Ruckus and comes from the album The Front Lines of Good Times Volume 1, coming this fall on Rodeo Star Records. Thanks for listening, guys, and remember, if you find this podcast valuable or entertaining and you wish to support MF Ruckus further, you can rate, review, share, subscribe, follow us on any of our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. If you really want to help us do what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash Ruckus and become a patron at any level. Our patrons get access to exclusive content, early releases, guest list spots, even VIP parties with beer and food, all in exchange for a small monthly contribution. It really does make a difference and allows us to do this podcast, make records, create videos, go on tour, fly Tony back and forth, and all the other stuff we love to do for you guys. Patreon.com slash MF Ruckus. Check it out. Thanks again, guys.